Look at this, sweetheart. Tell me this ain't a movie star. What are you kidding? Hey, they gotta make me a movie star. Hey, as soon as they see this hair, they're gonna say, Sam, get over here. Get in front of these cameras. Nine years it took me to grow this hair, man. I'm not just fucking around here. I'm going to Hollywood, man. And this hair is gonna get me paid and laid. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears. This is episode number 44. With us today, as always, Jessalyn. Hello. And with us today, my friend for a very long time, John Dunn. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. We've, um, you and I have been friends for probably over 20 years now. True. Uh, we met in high school. We all had kind of like the same likes in movies, be the bad or good. Mm -hmm. So that's how you and I kind of connected um, when we were younger. So uh, we found like a, a common thread to follow. And then, you know, our, our friendship grew from there. But one common thing was always movies. And you, um, you have introduced me to a lot of movies, especially our movie of the week, which will come up later. And uh, also, you worked in Hollywood for a while, didn't you? Uh, for a little bit, yeah. I uh, went to Columbia College here in Chicago. I uh, studied film, moved out to L.A. Uh, to do the uh, whole La La Land thing, um, started working out in as a PA, as a production assistant, as many people do, and started to uh, quickly get into whatever would pay, and which is <laughs> <laughs> the lower budget films. Uh, so had some fun experiences right off the bat uh, in Hollywood later on. Got into uh, editing, working in advertising, and then eventually uh, beer brewing. Uh, but definitely had some fun experiences and different stories going on <laughs> in, in, in L.A. Uh, so, you have an IMDb page, <laughs> which I find like out. I do have two <laughs> But it's, it, okay, the, yeah. the, one of the first credits that comes up is... Yeah. Mutant vampire zombies from the hood. Yes, <laughs> a blockbuster film. You are you're mega, a, mega million. You're a you're a key grip on that uh, film, right? Yes. And this movie stars C. Thomas Howell from uh, Red Dawn and, and Soul Man and everything. Yes. Do you have any funny experiences with him, or, or did you get to talk to him at all, or, or what was he like around uh, set? Yeah, it was just it was a pretty small crew. Uh, I think this is more of the. Later on in the heyday of uh, Red Dawn, <laughs> so C. Thomas was picking up uh, some uh, extra projects. Uh, the director was one of his first uh, uh, debuts. He had uh, later written Sharknado, which oh, was wow. his claim to fame. Uh, it's Thunder Eleven. Uh, so it's a kind of ragtag crew. Uh, was one of my first projects uh, with as a key grip, and. We started filming right off in some of the worst neighborhoods in Los Angeles, <laughs> <laughs> and which was great because you know I just moved to LA and to get my feet wet, uh, we were shooting scenes everywhere from you know South LA, Compton. Uh, I think it's actually cheaper to get those film permits in those yeah. neighborhoods. It's not oh. like filming in Burbank. I, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually remember a scene where we were filming. And for some reason, it just started to rain, which never happens in L.A. And we ran out, and we're like, oh, we're checking C. Thomas. Are you okay? You know, do you, you know, did you get your hair wet? Did you look okay? <laughs> and so I'm over there, and I'm repositioning a, a stand. And I hear this, like, really low bass roll through. We're, we're filming right in the middle of the street. And I hear, like, boom, boom. <laughs> this car rolls up, like, 1980s Buick. 
the windows are completely tinted black, and the car and just kind of comes, starts creeping, like, right up towards us. And we're like, oh, does this guy see the cone? Like, why is he driving through our scene? <laughs> what the hell is going on? And the car just stopped. And, and my initial reaction was like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> and the, the window rolled down. And he's and this guy's like, yo, C. Thomas. And C. Thomas is like, oh, uh, yeah, what, what's up, man? And he's like, so man sucked. And he just <laughs> peeled out. And he drove away. And C. Thomas is standing there like, Oh, man, are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah, no, it, it did, though. <laughs> now, didn't you say that one of his relatives was also on the set, too? Or, like, uh, didn't you get him a job, like, on the set of the movie? Oh, gosh. I, you know, I can't even remember. Yeah, there was definitely someone who was like, oh, yeah, that's, like, that's my uncle or something. I can't remember. <laughs> it was a while ago since, since we shot on, on that set. But, yeah, it was, it was funny because, like, later on... Uh, one of the next uh, on like in on set shoots that we did, we had located a kind of I don't know how to describe it. It was a really weird place. I think it was called like the Platinum Club or Platinum Rings or so- something weird like that. And it was actually like a, a, a location where you could shoot, but there was also like a bar inside that was fake for shooting, and they had like strip stripper poles and I just went I remember walking in like get a really weird feel for this place and I was just kind of like what what is what is going on and someone's like oh this is also like at night like on the weekends this is like a swingers club oh. so, so automatically it's like oh man I don't I don't want to touch anything <laughs> in this place this was like right just you know just east of uh, downtown LA so it was like in the middle of nowhere and I remember, like, having to run, like, an extension cord. They're like, oh, like, can you, uh, you know, we blew the fuse in this room. Like, can you run this out this way? And so I'm like, all right, I'm, like, looking for an outlet. I'm looking for an outlet. And I remember going up to a room, and I just kept, I heard, like, a weird slapping noise. And then someone's like, ah! And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to that room. Something else is happening in there. Uh, and that was just a weird shoot. That was a... A definitely a weird, you know, because you got blood, you got guts, you got zombies. I mean, all the stuff that I was really, uh, really into at the time. Um, and uh, I ran into, while we were shooting, the, I can't, I'm trying to remember his name, from uh, Super Troopers, the mustache oh, guy. Uh, Jace Chandra Seekar? Yes, yes. He was, <laughs> I, so I had, something happened, and they were like, oh, we need this right away. And, you know. I'm just trying to make like the best job I can do in my first shoot, and and I'm like looking for something, and someone had took it, and I was just like swearing under my breath, like oh man, this this and that, and uh, and then I turned around, and he had walked in, he was just <laughs> laughing, like, the whole time. I'm like oh yeah, it's the guy from Super Trooper, <laughs> and uh, yeah, one of the last days we were about to leave that that location, uh, I look up, and there was like a photo that the owner of that club had printed out. And it was this, like, giant, you know, two-by-three-foot photo. It was, like, on phone car. It wasn't even, like, on, like, a very nice, like, printed gloss poster or anything. And it was the owner who was, like, this little, I think it was, like, a little, uh, maybe, like, he was an Indian guy. And he had a bright neon green jacket, like, suit. And <laughs> and, he's, and he's hugging... Uh, Billy Baldwin. <laughs> so, you, you knew this was not a good place to be filming. But, you know, the movie came out. It was fun. It was a good experience. Um, you know, later, like I said, uh, Thunder wrote uh, Sharknado, which was just so ridiculous. And, right. And it just gave him a lot of exposure. So, it was, it was fun. It was a learning experience for sure. And uh, then after that, you had another movie that you, you uh, helped with, which was uh, Touching Wood, right? Uh, Touch Wood, right. It was a uh, satire on a Bollywood director who comes to the U.S. who couldn't get any jobs. So he starts filming adult, scene, uh, adult, uh, adult movies. And the, the, the main actor was uh, Jerry from... What, Jerry Benab? Yeah, Benab. Yeah, he, he was in... Like four year old virgin, like yeah, yeah, you go fuck a goat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take my knife out, and once I do, it must taste blood. You know? <laughs> and that guy was pretty funny. Um, and then after that, like I started just doing a lot more like commercial work, 
and eventually started working for uh, uh, doing shoots and working on uh, more corporate stuff like McDonald's and Toyota mm-hmm. and and, uh, and uh, but the cool thing about LA is like you never know who you're hanging out with or what party and who's involved with what so sometimes it can kind of like bite you uh, bite you in the ass where it's like oh that movie sucked and then it yeah. goes like Oh, I, I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you're like, oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, 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 uh, you know, and you always, you, you run into a lot of people and everyone kind of works in, in the industry. And uh, it was a, a lot of fun, move, you know, going out there and you see a lot of actors and a lot of people who work in a lot of things that you enjoy. I remember I went to uh, the Beverly Cinema which is now owned by Quentin Tarantino, but before it was kind of like one of the original grindhouse theaters in uh, in uh, uh, L.A., and they would just show all these great movies, like, you know, just your, your, everything from, like, old-school kind of grindhouse stuff to new stuff. Like, they did the actual uh, Planet Terror and Death Proof there, and I remember... Like, I, went, <laughs> I like this story. Yeah, it's just funny. You yeah, told me I about remember it. I got there, and I, I, I sat, like, second-to-last row... Uh, on the end for uh, they did the double feature and I remember Death Proof came in and I'm watching and I'm like really enjoying enjoying it and uh, I just kind of like get this weird feeling and I hear it and Kurt Russell's just starting to go off and then he's like ah you know and then I, <laughs> then I hear hey, 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 you know I'm like what? this is the most annoying laugh who is it and I look over and it's Quentin Tarantino had like snuck in to like watching everyone's reaction, <laughs> which was cool, but then I also was, like, extremely uncomfortable because I was, like, I felt like he was watching me if I was laughing. So then I was, like, trying not to laugh, but then I felt really awkward because I'm, like, maybe he thinks uh, it's weird that I'm not laughing at this part. <laughs> and then I just felt like I was laughing too much. And so I just, I just went to the bathroom. <laughs> now, uh, going back to that movie, Touching Wood, I remember you told me a story uh, about, the, it's, you know, the guy who's directing porn movies, and then he actually had uh, an actual porn actress on set one, at one point, uh, Brittany Sky, mm-hmm, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me that while they were, you know, everything's getting ready, you know, right. makeup, and it takes a while to, to to start filming itself. There's so many, like, lights and everything, mm-hmm. that um, when Brittany Sky was on set, that at one point while she was waiting, she was just hanging out on the couch, playing with herself. I, I think... Uh, we, we looked over and we're like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> and, you know, like, right when you, you, you kind of go out and you're, like, starting to work on these uh, on, on these low-budget films, you're like, oh, you know, I want to get some good credits where I can, like, help my career and move it forward. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't actually read the entire script. I want to make sure this wasn't something... Going on, so yeah, that was a little weird, but uh, hey, man, Holly, Hollywood. Who hey, knows? man, exactly. Some people relax for scenes in different ways, you know. Like, now, did I, this movie ever come out? I've never seen it available. I don't think so. No, it's just yeah. never. I, 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 I remember like checking the IMDb a few times, and it just seemed to be like kept on refreshing the years. Oh, like, yeah. oh this is new, and it didn't, you know, it's it just that happens all the time, though, you know. It's like, yeah, a lot yeah, of it does. Get made, but then actually, uh, you get to see some of them like verses, where it's like, hey, that, yeah, exactly, that that, uh, that got out, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, movies just like that. It, bro- it broke out. <laughs> yeah, it broke. You know, it was like a seed. It just grew out of the ground. Now, now, Jessalyn and I actually did start to watch the the zombie vampire mutant. Uh, yeah, that movie, the C. Thomas Howell yes, vehicle. Yes, uh, We actually did start to watch that <laughs> one. Vampire zombies from the hood. Yeah, from the hood, yeah, exactly. The Don't want to leave out the hood part of that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we started to watch it, and um, it wasn't horrible. Like, uh, it wasn't as low budget as I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even C. Thomas Howell has standards. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> we just talked about Soul Man. We did. So <laughs> well, you know what's really weird though is like I saw not the last two Spider Man remakes, but he was in and he was saving see Thomas was in there. Oh Punisher. Punisher. Oh yeah. sorry, Punisher. And he, he was in there and he was wearing the same jacket. <laughs> and I was like, does the same haircut, the same jacket? And I was like, whoa. Just got off the set from the yeah, sequel to yeah. Mutant Vampire. I was like, 
jacket. I think Diddy just walked in like, I work best with this jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need to wear this Lone Star jacket. Or this but awesome. That's really cool, man. I'm, I'm really happy that you went out there uh, to, to, you know, just to do film or anything where you're recording uh, video or, or be it commercials or, or any kind of thing like that, which I think is really cool. I've never done anything like that, but it's cool to hear stories about that. Just, um, hey, you went out and you did it, you know, and a, a lot of people don't, you know, and that's that's really cool. And uh, yeah, you got any more stories or is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to think of. I know when you mentioned like, oh, do you think of some stories from when you were in L.A.? And I was like, man, I was out there for 10 years. And, you know, I'm trying to think of like uh, on set stuff or like other things that people have told me. And then now, like, you know, All right, you told me another one. This will be this will be the last story. Is it about Tim Robbins and the hamburger? No. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, my, my buddy Brandon was in an, I think it was a, it wasn't in, in an, oh no, it was a Carl's Jr. It was a Carl's Jr. And, uh, he was there, it was like late night, burger, just left the bars kind of thing. And he kept hearing this like guy go on and on about how excited he was to like have this hamburger. And how, <laughs> how famished he was. And he's like, oh man, I'm so hungry. Like, I cannot wait. Oh, and it's got pineapple. I mean, pineapple is a big slice, and it's not like, like a wet pineapple. It's just like perfect. And then my friend finally was like, God, I'm going to tell this guy to shut up. Like, yeah, I'm and turn around, it's Tim Robbins. <laughs> this is, you know, before uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's tons of there's tons of stories of people that you you run into, or you know, I feel like most people that I remember like uh, running into or talking to were like people from uh, low, like not lower budgets, but like TV reality TV. Like I right. met like four of the people from The Office just going to Hollywood to grow. Oh wow! <laughs> they're all shopping there. If you guys are looking to find them, they're probably still in that neighborhood. <laughs> Um, I ran into the guy who played Saeed in Lost, and I was like, hey, man. Awesome. <laughs> nice. But I've always been the person to not want to actually talk to anyone, except for Arnold. Like, if I ever saw Arnold, I was going to just tackle him. <laughs> like, Arnold, I love you. You know. All right. La- last one here. You told me this story. Uh, it's about you at a party, and Will Sasso is there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I worked on some small, small project, and uh, we got invited to this party. And I showed up. I didn't know whose house it was. And uh, we showed up. We're hanging out. And there were a bunch of people from who had just filmed one of the Jackass movies were there. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Hollywood party. And uh, I was like, oh, man, this garbage is overflowing. You know? <laughs> like, this is really gross. It's a really nice house. It's in, like, Los Feliz, like, uh, Silver Lake area. And uh, like this garbage is overflowing. You know what? I'm just I'm gonna be the nice guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up this garbage bag and, and like take it out. And Will Sasso walked in. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, this garbage is overflowing." And I took it. He's like, "Man, that is so nice of you." And the weirdest thing is, he walked in and he was holding like a giant catering tray of maybe like a hundred egg rolls. And he's like, "Here, take an egg roll." And I'm like, "Oh, thanks, Will Sasso. Give me some egg rolls." And it's just those, those weird, you know, those weird things where you run into people. Was it Will Sasso's house? It or? was his house, but I don't think he worked on the project. I don't know why. <laughs> just, Will was, Sasso serving egg rolls. <laughs> That's like a dream. You know? How does that even happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know uh, one of my buddies that I worked on later on in, in, uh, in advertising, he was driving uh, down uh, Pacific Coast High- Highway, and he stopped to get gas. And he looked over, and there was a white convertible, and it had, like, two or three of those really large coffee makers in it, like the bun ones you see in, like, job sites or Mm -hmm. whatever. And the guy walks out from the the gas station, and... It's Gary Busey, <laughs> and my my friend my friend goes like, "Oh hey, Gary Busey, you you really like coffee?" Huh? <laughs> and Gary Busey is like, 
what gave you that idea? Which is like the perfect thing when I think of Gary totally creepy and why he's so intense. But yeah, yeah. Going going back to you, made, you made me think about like when we first started watching a lot of these movies, and uh, uh, I remember like in high school, you know, you were talking about how we were like introducing each other to different films, and um, like you, like you showed me the first time I ever seen Hard Boiled, like all those all right. Ch- Chow Yun Fett films, uh, John Woo, like all that side of like the you know Yakuza shoot 'em up films where. On my side, like, I love, like, westerns and um, a lot of, like, the old samurai films. Right, right. At at that time, so, like, this movie kind of fits, like, right at this really cool time where we weren't 21. No, not yet, no. And we weren't going to bars, so it was, like, right there between, like, 98 and, like, 2001 or so, we were watching a ton of films. Right. And it was a really weird time because it was, like... um, DVDs were start starting to take in mainstream, right. but a lot of the movies that we loved, we could not get on DVDs. Yeah, they're all on VHS. realize that these days, like, oh, I'll just stream it, or I'll find an old DVD of it. Like, a lot of the movies, like, I remember Monster Squad, or... Yeah, that took I, forever to come I on DVD. I had like, VHS. Right, yeah. And, you know, or it was weird, like, we were watching VHSs that were put onto, like, VCDs. Right, yeah. Which were really... DVDs. No, they weren't, no. <laughs> it was just a shitty copy that we were watching, like, on a right, CD. Right, yeah. And I remember just at that point, like, we were watching all these movies, and, I like, I wanted to make a movie called Zombie Samurai. Right, right, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any Asians to be the film. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but, but I was like, I wanted to make this movie, now. I love zombies, and I love, like, samurais, and... I remember just kind of like searching and like looking around for all like any kind of zombie or like Asian influence movies and like slowly through eBay I was able to find a lot of these like giant clamshell VHS tapes you know right yeah and it was crazy like you know we couldn't get DVDs and you couldn't get something that had the subtitle option like, you had to get something that had the subtitles burned into it. Burned into it, yeah. And one of the first ones that I found was, like, this crazy bidding war uh, was going on. And I'm like, man, i got to get onto this. This, this <laughs> thing that came out a couple years prior called eBay. Yes. I used to actually, <laughs> um, I used to go through now. you. Yeah. I used to call you up. Because yeah. I didn't have a computer at yeah. that time. Right. I'd be like, dude, can you, you bid this, on this shit for yeah. me? It's this VHS of demons I, I want. I don't know why, but I, I, I got... I got on eBay right away for some reason. I'm like, this 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 could be really cool. And I remember one of the first movies that there was a lot of buzz on, but didn't ever have any English subtitles was The Ring. Oh. And that was one of the first clamshell movies that I bought. And that, I remember it was a bidding war. It was something crazy. Like, I ended up spending $37. And $19.99 was, that's like $1,000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I remember I got it because I was so excited because it was the first one that they actually released. And this was a bootleg that had subtitles. So someone went and put subtitles on this film. (laughs) And it just blew my mind. And I think after that, I was just hungry for any Japanese horror. And, like, you got to remember, like, at this point, people weren't, I mean, they were writing stuff online, but it wasn't, like, at the point where it was today. Like, no, no one's streaming. Like, we were watching these... VHSs, yeah. and um, that's how I found Versus and Audition. Mm, I, I remember I brought over Audition. I found Audition and Battle Royale. Uh, Battle was, Royale. That was another one that you yeah. uh, you introduced to me. I definitely remember that one coming yeah. out, and you're like, "Oh, you gotta watch this on yes. a tape." And I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> "Well, it was crazy." Well, I'm a huge Mad Max fan, and I remember like I couldn't get the original Mad Max movie. So I got a VCD, and it was just, like, the worst quality. Yeah. I'm like, okay, halfway through the movie, like, toe cutter. Okay, hold on. Flip to side B. <laughs> and, like, oh, no, 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 no. and it was like... Uh, so it was a really weird time, because it was, like, right before DVDs took over. And then when DVDs were taking over, they weren't actually... All these big companies, the movie studios, were worried they could not distribute any of the stuff and make money. Right. So all the movies that, like, you and I love, that grew up in, like, these 80s, like, horror, like, action movies, 
uh, unless they were blockbusters, they were not being made into DVDs. It was right. until later on. Right. Exactly. So I remember you and I, we would go, oh, West Coast Video is going out of sale. Exactly. Let's go hit them up. The dusty section here, like, oh, man, they're not selling this. I'm just going to rent it. And yeah, not, not yeah, they're closing down. <laughs> yeah. They're not coming back. Yeah, what will they do? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that was a really fun time because I remember, I think, I, we watched, like, so so many movies during that time period yeah sure. yeah ex- uh, you know as much i had a dad it was a renaissance my dad ran bars which was it would sound cool but it really wasn't because i couldn't drink at any of them because i mean my dad's not gonna be drink at a bunch of these high scale bars you know it'll get you know what if some drunk kid you know comes out of there and it's his son he's gonna get fired so that was i mean it sounds like a blessing was actually a curse because mm-hmm. then there was other bars i wanted to go to then you know, like, oh, I know your dad or something. Yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. Of, Uh-oh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, Larry, let's just watch Nightbreed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're all monsters in media. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, man, those those were, were fun times. I listened to your guys' episode from last week. I can't believe I missed Critters 2. Oh, talking about my fav- some of my favorite 80s horror films. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to, like, bust in the door and be like, Bradley Brown's back in time. <laughs> 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 next time, next time. Okay. movie of the week this week is from 2000 is Ryu Ketamura's first film if you don't know who Ryu Ketamura is he is the director of Midnight Meat Train uh, he did this movie called Alive not the one about the guys who crash in the Andes Mountain a different movie called Alive uh, he produced a movie called Battlefield Baseball uh, and his newest movie we semi-reviewed on the show called Downrange uh, this is Versus and this is actually a film that John introduced to me uh, a while back, like 2000, 2001. Uh, this movie is nuts, all right? Uh, it's pretty much... <laughs> it's uh, To sum it up, it's a kung fu, hard-boiled, zombie... Uh, Interdimensional, m- mystical portal movie. <laughs> to sum it all up, yeah, I would there. say like bad taste meets like John Woo <laughs> with like a little like Yakuza gangster and like you know Army of Darkness slash Three Stooges. Very <laughs> <laughs> much, yeah. There's a lot of comedy in this movie, also. Uh, well, here is the plot. Set in the present, where a group of ruthless gangsters, an unknown woman, and an escaped convict have met. Unwittingly, in the Forest of Resurrection, the 444th portal to the other side. Their troubles start when those once killed and buried in the forest come back from the dead with the assistance of the evil spirit that has also come back, come back from ages past, to claim his prize. The final standoff between light and dark has never been so cunning, so brutal, and so deadly. This is where old Japanese samurai mysticism meets the new world of the gangster and the gun. So, uh, I would start naming some of these actors off who are in this movie, but uh, they're all Japanese. This is a Japanese movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the only few Wait, guys... Is this a Japanese movie? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's not from Hong Kong. What tipped you off? <laughs> the names, maybe. Um, Tak Sakaguchi, who plays the prisoner in this movie, uh, he's in some of uh, uh, Ryu Kanemura's other films. He's a good-looking guy. Uh, I think that's why he kind of picked him, because... Mm-hmm. He's good looking and he's charming and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Hideo Sakaki, and also is another uh, uh, well known actor now because of Versus and Ryo Kanemura, was also in the movie Alive and um, some other popular Japanese films. Everyone else I've never seen before again, so <laughs> I'll just make a fool of myself reading their names. Uh, but they, no one in this movie has a name either, really. Uh, here are the names uh, there's Prisoner. KSC2-303, who is uh, our, our hero, our protagonist. Hideo Sakaki plays the man, who is our, our antagonist of the, of the film. Uh, we have the girl, 
uh, Yakuza leader with butterfly knife. One of my favorites. Yeah, is that you, my favorite? Yeah, that's all of our favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, I think he invented cat foo actually in this, <laughs> later on in this movie. Yeah, uh, there's motorcycle riding Yakuza with revolver, mm-hmm. crazy Yakuza with amulet, Yakuza with glasses, red-haired assassin, long-haired female assassin, one-headed cop, samurai warrior, cop with Barrett. That's a that's a, uh, a sniper rifle. Uh, I know that from Call of Duty. I thought it was a beret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the cop wasn't wearing a beret. No. Maybe the French version of his purses. No, it's the, the giant 50 calorie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, short-haired female assassin, Yakuza zombie in alligator skin coat. Very important detail. And other prisoner. Oh, <laughs> you don't even get, like, a, a semi-description. No. Just no. other prisoner. Other prisoner. <laughs> Put so, a lot of time and thought into this, this uh, casting. So yeah, there's a lot of different influences in this movie, which pretty much culminate into Kitamura's own kind of vision. You can definitely see like uh, Mike a little bit in here, uh, a little bit of John Woo, uh, a lot of him. Maybe like if Ringo Lam directed this movie, if uh, anyone knows who Ringo Lam is, he's a, a Hong Kong director from the '80s and '90s. Worked a lot with John Woo. And that whole they were like uh, the Bullet Brothers, I guess I'll call them. Him and uh, you got Choi Hark and all those guys. Italian fat and everything. Um, so it kind of reminds me of directing and like uh, camera wise a little bit of Ring Lam. But it's really cool to see that he has his own his own style, which translates into his other films too, uh, like Midnight Me Train or uh, or just um, he did that other one. I forgot what the name of it was with uh, the cute guy. No one lives. Yeah, that yeah. one. No one lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the cute guy, and you knew it already. Right? I put it down. <laughs> it's right here. I put it on the sheet. <laughs> I was testing you. <laughs> All right. This movie, uh, I saw, I read the budget was $10,000. Wow. I know, it's hard to believe that. 5000 <laughs> It was shot over seven months, and oh, wow. yeah, it was supposed to be only a month or two. But uh, they ran out of money and everything, and then had to come back and do reshoots. But it must have been pretty easy, because it's just one setting, and it's a forest, and you can't decipher, like, one part of the forest from the other, so you just, you have infinite amount of scenes to film. Which, I mean, makes a lot of sense for this movie, and especially if you're going to have a resurrection forest, you know, hey, perfect right there. Um, so, what really stood out to you, Jessalyn, in this movie that isn't, like, any other or what kind of what was the thing that grabbed you because you told me that you liked this movie I did Uh, I mean you were probably halfway through it and when you said you were liking it then you're also kind of sad that the 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 cat foo guy the 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 knife wielding guy I was really admittedly I was only like 20 minutes in (laughs) like I'm gonna miss this crazy Yakuza leader Um, him I mean I wasn't terribly I was sort of curious about this movie but it's not exactly my type of movie um, <laughs> well, yeah. And I think I liked the accused leader so much that made it worth it for me. And when he was suddenly like not really around anymore, I was sort of sad. Like, I hope he comes back. I hope to get to see him again. He doesn't die pitifully. And he does and come did, back. He does come back in <laughs> even a different iteration in ancient times. If so, we're gonna go through the plot. So what did you like during the opening scene where the the prisoners? You know, uh, you find out there's prisoners in this forest. Yeah. And. Um, these Yakuza guys drive up in a car and meet them. And, like, what did you expect this movie to be from there? If you kind of really didn't know too much about it. Okay, so I did read a little bit about it. Just in case I was bored and accidentally didn't pay attention. (laughs) So I knew that there was going to be, like, interdimensional travel and stuff like that. But for the first almost hour, I was like, am I really just missing the interdimensional travel part? Or are they not really discussing it? And they don't really bring it up until the prisoner gets killed Mm -hmm. and then has that flashback to his old life. His old life in like 500,000 years ago when this happened before. Right. um, Which didn't happen in the forest. It happened uh, somewhere else. Uh, the story is pretty much about this girl who has a magical power, and the guy, a thousand five hundred years ago, sacrifices her 
to save the world, pretty much. Right. Um, 666 portal. Ah, six, 666 yes. <laughs> portal, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, and it fast forwards to present time now, where it's been 500 years, and this, the man, yeah. uh, or the wizard, as they call him, too, um, finally has a chance to open up this door to pure darkness with... Um, with this girl who's been reincarnated again 500 years later. He had to wait. He had like, to wait. Forever for her to... In the yeah. forest. <laughs> Which is funny, because the movie ends with 99 years later. Exactly, it's only 99. Yeah. Well, that's because... Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, whatever. No, no, no. Yeah, no, we, we spoil movies <laughs> anyway, so... It, yeah. Well, at the end, you know... Um, at the end of this movie, you find out that... The, the guy you think is the hero is actually worse than the bad guy in the movie. Which, I mean, it's a really big shock at the end because throughout, the girl's saying, hey, you're, uh, he's nice to me right now. He's offering me his hand. You know, it's, he's a different person. This won't happen again kind of thing. And it totally happens again. And at the end of the movie, she, she's like, well, he has her now. And the other guy comes back 99 years later. He's like, I want her back, you know, or, or whatever. And he's like, well, I destroyed the whole world, so might as well, you know, Let's fight again, and so we can open up all of darkness. Kind yeah, of thing. it's like but he was a good-looking guy. What but yeah, that? I know. He's a good-looking guy who like smacks her unconscious. Oh like, yeah, she <laughs> <laughs> tries to again. The poor, poor girl just throughout the film just getting knocked. Yeah, out yeah. three different times and, and being told to be shut. But I think that, that that plays really well in the movie though too when you think about it because he's starting off by hitting her and knocking her out so she won't get into a battle or get in the way or, or, or to keep her safe. But later on, she's like, whoa, whoa, okay, I don't need to be hit. I'm just going to go over here. And he kind of accepts that. And I think that plays into where she's thinking maybe he's coming a little more human. You know, or this isn't such a bad idea after all. Which, of course, she's wrong at the end. But let's get to the to, to the meat here of, of yeah. this movie, which is a lot of kung fu fighting. Yeah. We got a lot of sword play. We got a lot of guns. Uh, I personally think um, they did a good job. Ten grand. This is your first feature, oh, yeah. but after watching it, uh, after a few times and just today again, uh, it lacks a little bit. I think uh, there's a little too many close-up shots. There's really tight framing on there. Uh, something I really didn't notice when I was younger. Plus, I mean, I didn't view movies as much as I do now in that way, and then technical-wise. Uh, and the makeup is kind of shoddy too. Once you kind of look at it, yeah. like you can see hairlines and stuff and. Uh, like wig, you know, lines and uh, the the blood effects weren't all that great. But I mean, you have to also think for ten grand, mm-hmm. this movie's fantastic with sure. that. And then there's pretty good choreography along with it too. Yeah, I thought the choreography was really good. I'm not really good at being able to tell if it's a good fight scene or a bad fight scene. Do you agree that it was? Because I thought it was pretty good. I think one of the yeah. highlighting parts of or you know features of this movie is that the camera work, the cinematography, yes. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's like moments where, like, just going back and rewatching it before it came over, and I was like, hmm, let me go back and kind of look at this with a fresh eye. And I could not believe, like, I remember it was like no steady can. Ninety <laughs> percent of the film is shot without a tripod, right? And maybe the second part of the movie where they got more of a budget, they got a tripod because in the yeah. end, there's a lot more tripod scenes, and and I noticed. As uh, from like a, a, cinem- a cinematography standpoint, like there are there are things in here in this film that you don't see in like any other movie. Um, there, um, in a fight scene, for example, just things that you wouldn't notice, like quick flashes. They're moving the camera side to side as if like the person is getting hit in the face. Right, right. Just <laughs> if you had motion sickness, do not watch this. Movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty quick. Okay, do not watch this movie. Just listen to it, but there's not a lot of dialogue, so maybe you shouldn't watch the movie at all. <laughs> But if uh, it, it's just unreal, the cinematography is just all over the place, and you can kind of see one of the influences. Maybe uh, I didn't, I didn't hear you mention, and I know with, for one of the guys that you see in there, the red hair guy with the, oh, yeah. the Morpheus glasses. Matrix came out a year prior, and so I'm wondering, you know, one of the he does yes. the classic yeah, he Matrix does. dodge mm-hmm. bullet scene. You can definitely see there's a couple long black coats in there mm-hmm. and yes uh, so this came out in 2000 matrix came out in like 99 right so you can see like some of that uh flowing coat jumping over 
Also, Matrix had like kind of the spinning camera effect. Right, the yeah. Bullet. They were doing some of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in there. So they definitely had some like, oh, whoa, Matrix was... Because you remember when Matrix, Matrix. first came out. <clears throat> that movie was amazing, yeah. We were like, holy it cow. Was. Like, it was... And that's a, that was a big budget feature, but mm-hmm. you got to think, this is 10 grand, and they're still doing kind of the same shit mm-hmm. that the Matrix did, but with a, a small fraction of, of what that movie was made for. And it being like taking <clears throat> references from so many different genres, like... The, a lot of the close-ups were on tripods, like, just of the eyes, which is very reminiscent of, like, all the samurai films. And one of the one I forgot to mention earlier that you introduced me was Lone Wolf and Cub. Right, yeah. And, um, but yeah, it has, like, a lot of these, like, really close, um, you know, like, spaghetti western, same thing, where you get that, like, close-up shot it's of It's like the standoff kind of thing, yeah. right, yeah. Or, you know, it's like kind of the cheap <laughs> shot from uh, Spielberg where it's, like, that big reaction. Oh, yeah. Every, every one of his movies, yeah. I feel like, like, this cinematographer, he was like, we're going to use every single thing I've ever seen that <laughs> ever used. And some of those fight scenes, if you slow them down, like, you could see, like, man, they're just doing so many different camera techniques. Yeah. And you're like, this is, like, a low-budget movie, but the camera, it looked like it was, like, I don't know, on a fishing pole, and they're just, like, throwing it around. True, yeah. <laughs> you can definitely see, like, some uh, Sam Raimi influence in there, too, from oh, Evil yeah. Dead, uh, with some of those shots. Just on-the-fly kind of things you just got to come up with. I mean, you're not prepared as much. So, yeah, that stuff's kind of cool. Now, the zombies. Where do the zombies fit in this? <laughs> I know exactly where they come in. They couldn't afford any extra people, so they're like, hey, how do we use the same actors? <laughs> yep. Let's kill them. They're going to come back, and they're going to be pretty much the exactly the same thing. But right. now they got paste pasty makeup on so you know. that's the cool thing about this uh <laughs> this force that they have in yeah, here yeah it is uh the force of resurrection where the dead come back to life so these yakuza guys have been killing people and dumping their bodies in this forest for a while for years it yes. sounds like. yeah, yeah and then all of them kind of just get up and, and start attacking them and a lot of these uh zombies know uh kung fu and gunplay too so they're shooting and they're, they're fighting also which is it's pretty cool. I mean, you never, you never saw that before. Well, actually, you know, there are some Chinese movies that we... Actually, Robo Vampire, there was some kung fu with the jumping zombies, so... Yeah, but let's say we're not going to count Robo Vampire okay. <laughs> as a movie at all. <laughs> sore, sore subject. <laughs> it did. Now, I was watching it on my phone, admittedly, but it, it made it a little hard for me to tell which was a zombie and which was a just a Yakuza leader on a bigger screen, would that be easier to tell? Yeah, Because they is. were kung fu fighting and gun fighting, and they were all bloody, so I was yeah. like, is this one a zombie? Or? Yeah, yeah, it could be a little hard to tell. I, Of course, I've watched this movie many times, right. so I'm able to tell. But if it's on a little screen and, and with the makeup effects that they had, sure, right. you might have a little problem deciphering who's who. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's a good... Kung Fu fight anyway, so... Yeah. Oh, I agree, yeah. I zombie like Fu. Zombie Fu, Gun Fu. Now, later on during the film, we get a couple of other characters that join us, and um, we find out that they were the ones transporting the prisoners, and um, either they're police officers or they're FBI, you're not too sure right away, but you end up finding, that, you end up finding out that they're kind of full of shit. They're pretty funny characters. Yeah, but they are funny. Yeah. They're, they're... But I kept wondering, like, what's their deal? Right, <laughs> exactly. Are you still here? The one guy reminded me of, like, uh, I can't, um, his name escapes me right now, but the, the the police officer from Boardwalk Empire, he's got that jawline. He always plays, like, the weird evangelical kind of, he's hmm. the same, he's like the Japanese version of that guy. That guy. I think, I, you know, I think you know I know what you're talking about. Right, yeah, Go yeah, yeah. Go back you watch it, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> that he had that portal back to Empire. I know that it's a movie about like kung fu zombies and I should just sit back and relax but the guy's like exposed nub yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like you wouldn't even wrap that up yeah. come on I mean that's why I definitely got like the Sam, the, the, the Sam Raimi and like the bad taste and like that yes. just the kind of that those uh, effects but it wasn't like gruesome to the point where you're like oh my god I gotta turn this off but it was comical, you know. It's like so slapstick yes, gore, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, like Peter Jackson, like that. Yes. Yeah, and, and there's there's a lot of comedy in this too. There's another character, one of the Yakuza's. He's like the 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 guy you pick on, you know. He's the runt. The runts, you're yeah, right. Yeah. You know, he finds himself in these predicaments throughout the movie, trying just he's just trying to get the hell out of the forest, <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're gonna be doing that a lot. Yeah, and he, and he does that a lot. Yes, he not dying. Yeah, <laughs> he lives the whole movie, doesn't he? 
doesn't he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> and then he symbolizes man's like undying no. spirit of perseverance actually. Hey, maybe. <laughs> now there's some pretty cool uh, characters in this and we we've talked about him briefly in the beginning here about the uh the guy with the switchblade. He the butterfly, the butterfly knife. knife, right. Uh My he's favorite. he's just crazy. This oh, dude uh, like you were saying, you got kind of sad when he died, but yeah. then they bring him back again, and he's like a, a zombie, and he's like ten times as crazy, too, because he learns, like I said, cat foo, cat foo, where he starts digging in the ground and, like, scratching the bark and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh. It's more like, you're already acting zany, yeah. so when you come back as a zombie, just do whatever. Just crank it up to 11, man. Crank it up to 11. Like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, all right, I see exactly why John and Larry loved him. <laughs> he really, he sold the movie. Like when yeah. I first, he so said, when I bought this film, I remember like he, he, there weren't even really good descriptors, you know. Like IMDb wasn't there. It wasn't like this is what was going on. Mm-hmm. Right? This was me just buying some weird thing that looked cool because it had a sword on the cover. Of this <laughs> I had no idea. When you have to go by box art alone, yeah. And then I remember when I saw the guy, I was like, oh, Larry. <laughs> and I remember like now looking back and looking at the character, and yes, he's off the wall. He's very almost three stooge. He's um, also one thing that was really cool that like I just I just uh, noticed this last time I viewed it was um, he's also kind of like the Joker, and yeah. I never noticed that before. Oh. Maybe you might see. It. Mm-hmm. If you look at his suit, it might have been hard to see on the phone. His suit, he has a neon green shirt and a purple purple uh, yeah. tie. He's the only one wearing any yes. color, really. Yes, yeah, that's it's noticeable. Definitely a throw to like nineteen seventies TV Batman. For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, actually, after you say that, too, there's plenty of times where he had the upper hand on our hero, mm-hmm. and he didn't kill him. Just like Batman. Yeah. Right, exactly. The Joker never you know, killed Batman, but, hey, he, he had there was a time where they were just fighting, and he had the knife on his, ready to get around to stab him, and he made some googly eyes and laughed, right. and the fight kept going, you know? I mean, one of the first things that you introduced <laughs> this character, it's <laughs> so hilarious, like, knife, I'm sad. But kind of happy he hasn't done any of the work because it's like, this was his swan song. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think he could get any bit better like slapstick, this guy. But his first, yeah, his, his first scene that you see him, um, he, prisoner makes a comment and he has a gun on him and the Kyukuzu with a butterfly knife just like lunges in this like <laughs> really bad stage acting like something right out like you know Shakespeare in the round where he's just like, <laughs> you know, like if someone's pointing a gun at you you don't walk 15 feet at them like dancing right, with yeah. this 4 inch blade yeah, on your head unless you don't care what <laughs> yeah. so maybe he knew he could die the whole time <laughs> yeah so all the Yakuza guys do they all have they all known the whole time that they're they were working for the man? I don't know. I don't okay. think so. No. Um, yeah, I wonder. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a few unanswered questions in this. Uh, but I especially like the end of this movie. I think it really makes the movie because mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of kung fu. It's silly. There's zombies and and just just it's an action packed film. But then when you get to the end and you kind of just there was just despair no matter what happened or what occurred through the first um, two hours of this movie, which it is two hours long. It's mm-hmm. it's very long. When I was watching, I was like, I cannot believe this is two hours long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought this was like fifty five minutes the last time. I no, <laughs> but yeah, that ending just really sells it because you see in this post apocalyptic world where everyone's dead except his crew and they all like look mutiny and everything they got you know? lasers on the swords and <laughs> right, they all yeah. look like alien nation guys where yeah. like there's like bald caps on and, yeah. you know like what's yeah. going on even they... on the phone I could see how bad those bald caps yeah. were like, <laughs> everyone but these three people had no hair you know I was like these guys kept their hair okay good for them but then you, yeah, you, then you, yeah all the upgraded stuff or even downgraded I guess seeing as the, the apocalypse and everything was yeah, that was just really awesome to end the movie like that, and you know, there's to, and then well, of course they end at the end they connect swords and that's the end of the film. But it's just, it's very brave to do something like that. Uh, it leaves it open for a sequel, kinda. And yeah, it does. You know the end of the world's probably coming, but and they and I have read that they did write a sequel to this, and it did say it would leave off right where that 
ended. Which would be cool. Which would be pretty cool. And the the main guy said he'd come back too. But, I mean, it it hasn't been made yet. And this has been 18 years since this one came out. So it doesn't, not really likely. And I would not like to see a remake of this in any way. Uh, I know Hollywood loves to do that. Remake fucking Starsky and Hutch, you know. You run out of money, yeah. Yeah, I think... And because I I heard they're gonna remake the raid, man. And really? no, man, no. Already? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you can't. That movie was near perfect. You just don't, 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 don't even try. And they're gonna get someone like, like Vin Diesel in there or something to <laughs> mumble his way through the film. Yeah, I think this one got looked over because if you remember, like right there, ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. Where like we were getting first dibs on these on these movies, two thousand two popped out and people were like, Holy cow, like the ring, this is a really scary movie. Yeah. And you just saw all of these remakes yeah. in the States just like crazy. They're mm-hmm. like, Okay, that did well there, okay, you know, white cast here. Make an American this, version. This this, make yeah. an American version, put some, you know, supersize it. Throw fucking uh, Buffy in there. Throw Buffy yeah. in there. Um, and, that's, and that's what they did. Obviously, they, they missed out on this, <laughs> yeah. on this, this gem. But everything yeah, else yeah. was remade. I mean, um, you know, they went through all of those yeah, gems. Pulse. The Grudge. The Grudge. All these movies that, you know, seriously affected my sleep cycles. Yes. I actually reaction, I think. I actually prefer the remake, uh, the American remake of The Ring, to the... Um, yeah, that, that's a really good one. But yeah, that I mean, you told I saw I remember seeing the previews for it, and then and it was rated PG thirteen, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh fuck, man, I don't know if I want to watch this PG thirteen. And then you're like, dude, that movie's scary, man. Yeah, and I'm like, scary, right, yeah. I'll check it out, man. I'll check it out. I'm like, yeah, you were right, man. I was yeah. kind of freaked out by it. You know? Oh yeah, like I remember because when I saw the ring, like I said, there was no no pre-story anything for me nothing and it was the same thing where i was like because i oh here's the thing in la i used to go to test audience like all the time because that was really fun the first time i ever saw i was like one of the first like eight or ten groups that saw paranormal activity oh cool and then i was like oh this is the coolest movie ever and you you told me come out like three years later and you told me (laughs) you told me about it and you're like do not watch the previews for this movie yeah yeah do yep. not watch it. I'm like, oh, deal. I won't watch it. I'm just going to go in there and yes. boom. And we did. I remember I got so scared that my buddy that, uh, Dario, we saw the movie together. I, I grabbed his leg. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And now people are like, oh, that wasn't that scary. Like, but you have to remember, like, you know, that's hindsight. And you have all these spinoffs of right. those films. Like, you've got, like, you know, Annabelle and all these kind of things. And then, uh, but when I saw that, that was, like, the first time that, particular I mean there's poltergeist and stuff. Right, right. But this was the first time since Blair Witch Project where it was like uh, a realistic, you know, found footage film. Right. And then after that, like all the found footage movies started coming out. Right. right. Just got saturated with them. But I agree, the first time I saw Paranormal Activity I thought it was really scary. I jumped a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just little things in that movie that just that kinda I mean, there's little things in life that, that you you can have in your house just go awry, and you'd be like, oh, it fucking ghosts, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe you weren't scared in the theater, but yeah. then you go home. Right, home yeah. At night. And I remember <laughs> thinking, like, oh, man, not to get off on attention, but I remember thinking, like, why didn't this come out right away? Because when I saw it in the theater, it was, like, four rows of people, and then it was, like, three rows of distributors. They, it wasn't, like, a normal testing. Uh, it was, like, actual, like, distributors. Everyone was, like, bidding on it. And then something happened, and then... You know, one of those weird things. Well, that's good it came out, though. Yeah. It's a movie that needed to come out, uh, well, especially for the found footage genre that's really grown since then. Of course, Blair Witch did it kind of first, I guess, or, or really mainstream and brought it uh, to pop culture. But uh, I that think... the first time that they used the internet to kind of trick you. And if yeah, you exactly. Like, this yeah. real. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Until you saw that one girl in like a... Carl's Jr. versus yeah. a steak and shake commercial. Yeah, hold on a <laughs> I, I remember her. Larry Witch is Carl's Jr. She's right behind Tim Robbins. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, versus. Anyway, sorry. Uh, versus. Versus, we got 32 deaths. That's a lot. I mean, That's it's a, a, it's a good amount. Uh, yeah. Critters, there was only like six. So, yeah. Yeah, was, there, were, there were some death lulls in Critters, yeah, too. Um, but. Critters 2 had something this movie didn't have. Breasts. We have zero breasts in this movie. Uh, along with no penises. No penises. Any uh, hilarious deaths? Uh, you know... Did you come up with anything clever? You know what? 
I just want to say that uh, a few weeks ago, Joe Bob Briggs did this whole um, horror movie marathon thing on uh, Shudder. And I, I believe Shudder actually had some glitches because so many people were logging on to watch Joe Bob Briggs do a 24-hour movie marathon. And if you don't know who he is, he's uh, he used to be on uh, the Movie Channel and TNT Monster Vision. He was a, a like a horror host, like a hillbilly kind. Of, that's the character he played. He's really not like that. So <clears throat> he uh, he played this hillbilly horror show uh, host, and he talk about these movies. And at the end, he would give a breast count, and which I do, which is an homage to to uh, Joe Bob Briggs. And then he'd go through all the different <clears throat> deaths and everything, and how many people died, and your uh, heads roll, legs roll, eyes roll, kind of thing. You just <laughs> body parts missing, uh, death by this, and everything, and after watching him, rewatching him do some of that stuff again, man, he is so much better than I am. So I'm just kind of just, Aww. I'm going to minimalize this to just the breast count because I don't want to copy too much off of Joe Bob Briggs. I don't want to do a disservice in a way. Challenge accepted. <clears throat> I'm getting over the death puns. Oh, you know what? Oh, you go for it. I, I, you need some death puns then. I'll do it. I think the classic 50 cal looking through the guy's exploded head. Uh, no, is there. Come on, guys. Uh, yeah. I know you can come up with something. Yeah, the 50 one. cal explosion. We got the 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 cat foo fucking <laughs> the cat foo of death uh, yeah. this is the perfect kind of movie to come up with silly death puns because some of the movies that we watch the deaths are really sad and yeah, yeah somewhere. these are all hilarious <laughs> how about you just do like honorable mentions if there is something okay. spectacular yeah, there you go you, you know, know what? not just like decapitation but a decapitation like fills onto a plate of eggs or <laughs> yeah I, you know what so okay, well okay, I'll I'll bring it back in a next episode. I, no, I'm taking it over. All right, well then you take it over next episode. Then I want you. Yeah, okay, deal. You got a deal there. I want a death list you on know, my I'm desk by five. I know. So wait, what's uh, favorite part of the movie, John? Uh, like I think we kind of touched on uh, the butterfly knife. Yeah. Yeah, everything uh, he does. Yeah, he is the best part. part. I think I, you know it was such a cool thing for me because I was really interested in making a zombie and a samurai movie. So this is the first time I remember seeing them together. Right. Uh, I I like the concept and I love the the camera work. And uh, I thought the comedy was just really funny. The the buddies of the you know the police officers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just wish like like I don't know how many like theaters this was in, or like they just played it for their mom and like. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to be there like in the background eating like you know Twizzlers, Twizzlers or, or whatever you know seaweed chips or whatever they eat over there and, and like watch and like watch their reaction because like I I feel. It, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, where, like, Biozombie, another one of my favorites, <laughs> where, like, are we, mi- is this even funnier because it's dubbed, or are we oh, missing, yeah. like, yeah. also some of the translation? Agreed. And this one, I think, maybe no translation, it's just that funny. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Biozombie, we'll do that one sometime, and I'll, oh, I'll have you on for that one. I would love, I would uh, I love I, I, I believe I showed Jessel in that one, too, and you, it was funny you're talking about the dubbing, because... Say you love the, me, say, yeah. say you love me. The English dubbing of Biozombie it's makes crazy. the movie. Like if you, it's not as good when you watch the Japanese version with yes. uh, the yeah. subtitles. It's nowhere near, man, yeah. because the, the guys who dub the voices... <laughs> Shut up, sushi boy! Ooh! <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, thanks. Thank you. Well, actually, you know what, Jessalyn, what was your favorite part? Cat guy? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. Everybody, the leader everybody. with the butterfly knife all the way. <laughs> when he wasn't on screen, I missed him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us once again. Uh, John, thank you for coming over. Thank and you for having me. Coming on for episode 44. We'll have you on again at some point in time. Probably Biozombie. <laughs> 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 if you haven't seen Biozombie, check it out. Uh, thank you, Jesslyn, for, for joining us once again as my co-host. I'll never say that at the end, but... I thought well, I would this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I live here. So, nice <laughs> right there, guys. Now get the fucking work on that list. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone, take it easy, and I will see you next week. <laughs>